Kaizen. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm nervous. I'm feeling nervous. I can feel like, like my, my, when I get nervous, when my body's nervous, I can feel sort of um, some tension, some contraction going on in the body. And uh, that's, that's what's going on. Eddie, how do you, you know, before you come on and do your live chat, your meditations, do you have a preparation that you do beforehand? <laughs> why is why do you ask is it do i seem calm or you know like not very nervous is i'm just curious no it's just that you know uh when we watch these uh live feeds mm -hmm. we see them on there straight away we don't see the five minutes beforehand yeah and ten minutes beforehand what goes on yeah what i'm doing the uh when i was doing the the live meditations i was pretty much getting up extra early to do a um to do my practice my full meditation practice you know and then i would sit down and kind of uh uh open up to the nervousness and, and that's it do a little prayer yeah because i think sometimes you know we're doing this across, you know, so I'm in London, you're in New York, and um, mm -hmm. just to treat it as if anything else. So just the preparation beforehand, I might, you know, think about what it is I'm going to do or what I'm wearing or how I'm sitting and so on to get ready for the, uh, for the show. Yeah. And this is the, um, so we call it the Coffee Diaries. Yes. And we spoke about, you know, what it would be like if you and I just got together and had a chat. And but what's interesting is that when you when we when you mentioned mm. maybe talk about finding your voice, both yeah. of us together went, Yeah, that's a good idea. How did that come about with you? Oh because I'm I'm finding my voice, you know, I'm I'm in that experience, in that sort of unfoldment is going on with me right now with my soul and it's been going on for a while but i feel like it's been turned up and um and that conversation you and i had was a um you know a, a really supportive part of that because i revealed some things to you and uh yeah and, and you sort of didn't miss a beat you know you, you you were just there and open and um you didn't run away and it was like the first like conversation we had you know like off air where, <laughs> you know where uh, <laughs> where you know i just opened up and i said you know i shared some some things of you know I, i've always felt um sort of subdued you know like uh, i repressed a lot you know my voice and my creativity and then so i think that's where that came up like the kind of the light bulb went off and finding your voice you know and uh and you talked about um tell us about the story you know you talked about uh in it was in school or you were teaching yeah tell us a little bit about that story because i i think it's it's really relevant to this conversation 
Yeah, there's a couple of stories, but the first one. So I was sitting in, so it was year two students, and year two are six and seven-year-olds. And we were talking about what they would like to do when they got older. So, of course, six and seven-year-olds, I would like to be a spaceman, uh, fly a space rocket, become a fireman, and so on, yes. And then one student said to me, um, before I corrected my name, Mr. Brian, what would you like to do? Mm. And for a second there, I, you know, I've just stopped. Okay, so what would I like to do? Something I did which I wanted to do my whole life was to act. Yeah. But as a child, for me, that was something impossible. Mm. I could not do. Yes. Um, and just being asked that late, um, just right there in front of me, and I'm in front of a whole class of uh, 30, uh, six and seven year olds, <laughs> and they're sitting, sitting in front of me, kind of uh, <laughs> waiting for the uh, waiting for this grand yeah, yeah, yeah. answer. And I said to them, um, I would love to act, and at that moment, I, kept, I went, wow, I had suppressed this mm. thing, this wanting to do for so many years because I mm. felt it was something that was beyond my reach. Yes. Um, two weeks later, I found an evening class mm. for a drama school. So I went down to this drama school and they had a Saturday mornings you can go there, it was open, you can go along and you would learn scenes and learn scripts. Mm-hmm. And so for the first time I was up there having to learn scripts and speak in front of people. Yeah. And it was both nerve wracking, but exhilarating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. And just to be there and with a drama group, everyone's there together and you feel this energy and you're on stage and it's amazing. So I think I should go into why I had this fear for so long. Yeah. I was telling you before we uh, came on live and it was that um, as a child, I had a stammer. Mm. And a stammer is, you know... Yeah. You can't get your yeah. yeah, stutter. So I have it. My nep- my cousin had it, and my aunt. So, for instance, going to the shop for me was a big ordeal. I remember my dad saying, "Can you go to the shop to buy me?" I think it was a packet of Murray mints or something. And I will stand outside the shop and rehearse what I had to say. Okay. Mm. Um, Buy a packet of Murrayments, buy a packet of Murrayments, buy a packet of Murrayments. And I went through it. Mm. And this one occasion which stuck with me. So I walk into the shop. Um, The owner is behind the counter. But someone else walks in front of me, so my whole flow has been disrupted. Oh, no. Yes. So I'm there now, and he looks at me, asking, what do I want? Mm. And I go... I day I can't get these words out. Yeah. And I'm there 
And of course, the more you try and force it, mm. the more it becomes restricted in your throat. It's like that, that resistance. Uh, yeah, a resistance. Yeah. And I couldn't speak. So I'm there and this guy is just looking at me. <laughs> I'm there and he's got no idea what I want and yeah. eventually I got through it mm-hmm. it came out the shop and I was you know just exhausted because of the effort that it took just mm. to buy a simple thing from the shop wow 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 and this is and having this stammer was something that I had most of my childhood, even now I haven't. Yeah. Even now it surfaces every now and then. And um, on another occasion I was in, I was in school, in secondary school, mm-hmm. 14 or 15. And the teacher's at the front and uh, he asked people to speak aloud. Of course, this is my worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, so I'm there. And he asks a question and he points to me and goes, what's the answer? So I have to stand up. And the teacher makes this joke. Mm. He says to everyone in the class, make sure you avoid all the spit coming from Brian's mouth. Oh, no. Okay, Ade. So I'm there. I have the sheet in front of me to read Ade. So... And of course, the whole class is cracking up. Yes, the whole class is the whole class is cracking up. The teacher's cracking up, and I'm there, mm. and I just cannot get through this thing. Yeah. Hoping, you know, when you hope that the world would just get a hole, and <laughs> you just. <laughs> there, the sweat is coming down. Oh. After a couple of sentences where it's clearly obvious to the teacher that I'm not going to make it through, yeah. he says another joke and says, sit down. I look around and everyone's laughing and cracking up. And yeah. And, and I would just have to say, what a fucking idiot that teacher was you know excuse my language you know um mm, yeah like he he just making the jokes and it it just felt like there was no compassion there or no empathy there And, and i know we can laugh about it now but you know i'm just like feeling into that you know um hmm just a young, how old were you at the time? Like 14, 15? So as about secondary school, 14, 15. Yeah. Probably not the most compassionate of times in your, <laughs> in your class. Yeah, yeah. So how, how did you, how did you, how did you deal with that? How did you, um, like, uh, how did you sort of process this part of your, your life or, I won't say get over the, um, or how did you use it? How did you get through it? A few things that I realized is that I used to love uh, hip hop music. So I told you about my, you know, Rakim and EPMD and LL Cool J and Public Enemy. 
I'm sorry. Uh, while you're talking, I'm just sending a quick text to my boss. He just, te- okay. uh, but keep keep going for the audience. Sorry. Yeah. So I used to listen to all these guys, and like a lot of kids, I would learn the lyrics. But Ade, when I rapped, I didn't stammer. Yeah. When I rapped, I didn't stammer. So the question had to come, why is it that when I'm doing this, I don't stammer? But in my life, I do. And I think as well, at the time, I f- it was like I had something wrong with me. I didn't articulate it like that at the time, but there was something that I couldn't do. And it was really strange because... Something like speech, which seems like everyone can do quite naturally, I found challenging. Yeah. Just a natural hello. So, of course, um, speaking to girls was just um, a no-no. You know? mm. <laughs> that, that was yes, yes. that was not going to happen, really. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so, and over time, I guess I, I learned to kind of live with it. In a way, it didn't really bother me that much, but of course. In stressful situations, that's when it came out. Mm. And over time, you learn to, a lot of it is about breathing. A lot of it is about, you know, just being centered and slowing down. Because of, I think a lot of things with, with people who stammer is that their minds are going really quickly. Yeah. So the, the body and the voice is trying to always catch up. So you end up speaking really, really, really quickly. And a lot of times you're not understood. But I think the big breakthrough kind of came many years later when I became okay with it. Mm. It's, there was nothing to fix. It's how this voice comes out. Yeah. And when it came to that, it was fine. And if I stammer, okay. If I don't, okay. Mm-hmm. And now I can laugh about it. And even if it happens now, it's just, I don't really think about. But I think it was just the key, I think. And that if I was speaking to other people who are going through the same thing is, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just how you are with this world and be okay with that. Yeah. And if you do stammer, that's fine. And then so much of the weight just falls away. You're not trying to be something or do some, be like someone else. You're just being yourself. Mm. I think that was the um, major breakthrough. Yeah. So it was that um, acceptance of yourself as you are. And... um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's key because a lot of times, you know, we can. I, I speak for myself. Often feel like I have to first be like like fix this. I start looking at myself as a problem, and I need to fix this first, and then I'll be able to kind of, I don't know what what the word what the word would be. Um, live a happy and sort of peaceful um, life. Like, uh, or I, I guess the word would be um, 
that I would have to first fix these things before I find my voice. And I think part of the finding the voice is allowing these things to be there as they are and, and um, <clears throat> letting that come up if it comes up. You know, that, that can be a certain part of the, mm, I'll use the word soul, you know, uh, for lack of a better, you know, another word, uh, but part of the unique qualities of your uh, personality of, you know, who you are, what makes you, makes up who you are. And sometimes I think it's those parts that people really connect with. You know, um, and it's those parts that I feel like with myself, the body and the 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 what what I've learned is the subdue, like, okay, keep that. Oh no, this part isn't in alignment of how things should be or how I should be. And so what the body does is sort of go into this sort of um, fear state um, in this sort of almost shame and guilt sort of um, identity-based thing. And, um, and I, I can imagine if you're someone who's stuttering and you're feeling embarrassed, that could be a, a big thing that you may have to deal with um you, you know growing up my dad had the same thing you know i don't know if i if i told you that yeah very very bad you know his was uh he had a really um you know stuttered um you know all throughout uh i think high school i you know and i'm not sure if it went into to college as well but you've heard him speak and you know he, he's um um, you know, part of the way that he dealt with it was he joined, I think he joined the debating team and like he put himself out there, you know, so and we could. Yeah. And you, I know you've done some acting and, you know, you, you do these sort of things. And I think that's a good way to. Mm, to face some of the fears, you know, it's to to put it there and, you know, to be seen and to and to give yourself a chance to look at it in a new and different way. And uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about your uh, acting uh, experiences, you know. Oh, I, I love drama. I love mm. the acting. As I said, I went to drama school quite late. Mm hmm. I love the rehearsals of learning new scripts. I loved um, people getting together and working on ideas, being on stage and um, just, you know, be in the moment and learning lines and getting into character. I was drawn towards actors that I think were what they call it, uh, method actors who would just, you know, embody it in that moment. Yeah. And I love doing that. And I had this uh, drama teacher and he says, if you're going to come to my class, I don't want any actors. If you're an actor, get out. Yeah. And what he was saying was he wanted it real in the moment. 
Mm. He didn't want didn't want you to be you know uh, thinking this way or that way. He said basically you learn the lines, you create the character, the way they dress, the way they look, the way they walk, and then when you get onto stage, you forget all of that, mm. and you're just in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I remember one rehearsal. Um, I had to break through the store, throw a table, and uh, and talk to this person, but not show anger, but show the emotion coming through. So mm. the director goes, okay, Ram, it's your turn. So I come onto stage, throw the door down, throw the table, come up there, say my lines, and the director goes, brilliant, fantastic, that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, great. And he goes, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> so of course now. <laughs> so I go now. Of course now, though, I'm thinking. Mm. I've got to repeat. So I come on again. Go through the door, throw the table. I'm in the moment, say my lines. And the director says, that's rubbish. That's acting. I don't want that. What I was, what I was doing, which I didn't realize at the time, I was trying to recreate the past. Yeah. Instead of being fresh in the moment. Mm. So we did the same scene four or five times. And of mm -hmm. course, as time goes on, I am digging myself deeper and deeper into a hole because I'm trying to do what I did the first time. The first time I didn't think it came through naturally. Yeah. I was in the character. I was in the moment. There was no past or future or trying to get this. I was totally in it. Mm -hmm. What I had to do, I realized at the time was I had to forget the director. Mm. I had to forget the lines. I had to forget all of these things and just do what I came to do. And what I came to do was I loved acting. Yes. But when I came back to I love acting, the fear and the stress of trying to impress the, the director, impress the other people, be something I wasn't, then it flowed naturally. Mm. All those other times I was trying to recreate something. And it didn't mean that I played it the same way every time because if I'm coming fresh and new, it's always going to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. But it's to just let go of all these other stuff, all these other things. And I think that was me finding a voice in this character. Yeah. And I think that equates to real life is that, or life in a sense, is that you're being where you are at that time and you're expressing yourself in that moment. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's key. Yeah, I, I can see my, I do that quite often, um, meaning try to recreate something. And, and I think that, uh, I'm just gonna take a few breaths. Mm 
Yeah. Yeah, just like coming into this space freshly. And I've been finding that, you know, like I, I sometimes crave movement. And, um, you know, for those that don't know, I have a pretty sensitive nervous system that has gone through a lot of past due to a lot of past conditioning and things like that have happened in my in my past my my go-to for safety is to contract and be subdued and so the exact same thing happened with me that you were talking about in your experience with acting that's like my life <laughs> pretty much you know and and one of the things like and thank you for telling that story but like one of the things that i can that I think is important is to give yourself permission to um, to take a leap, to take a step out of the comfort zone. You know, um, like to uh, uh, you know, one of the things for for me is like, well, I don't deserve it. You know, I'm taking up space. I'm taking up people's time. You know, I have to be like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if I make some noise and, ah, and then people are like, oh my gosh, like, that ah, is so strange. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, uh, like, I think being able to be like, give yourself permission to be in myself, uh, to permission to take up space. Whether it's an inconvenience or not, like what I'm choosing today is love, you know? And so what I'm choosing today is setting up boundaries for love. And that's part of finding my voice. And um, so that means sometimes I have to take some space, make some noise. If I were in a business meeting or something like that, maybe I wouldn't do that. But like we have created some space in like what we talked about, how this show is gonna be like, you know, playing jazz and let it let things come up uh, naturally. And so what you talked about in your story is sort of what I look at, what I, how I perceive it is this part of us, and I think it's partly human that, is seeking safety and through a sort of linear way of thinking about things well i do this like one plus one equals two you know i go from a to b to c and i get the results now it worked before so the brain is going to say um using confirmation bias that's what worked now in the creative expression of your soul your T, you know, that's not going to work, <laughs> you know, like one plus one equals two, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, we have to come up fresh as artists, 
you know, um, so and as creative beings. And I feel like, you know, that's what the world seeks, you know, they, that's what the world, um, you know, I, I don't know, that that may sound very, um, um, I don't know how it sounds. I just feel like that's what the world uh, needs right now is, is for people to show up as they are and to mm, take these risks instead of living in the same um, uh, fear-based mentality, the same um, power, you know, seeking power, seeking um, domination and this sort of thing. So, yeah. And also, I think when we speak with authenticity and honesty, mm. that transmits something to everyone in that field. If you come from the single consciousness, it has to affect other people. And I think doing that raises something in you that raises something in the people who are listening which raises something in somebody else mm. and i think if we all come together and we do this we are raising each other so maybe finding your voice is just the other side to our listening mm. so we listen more and through that it gives an advantage to find our voice and we listen in a group so we're valued what we have to say so that way we break down the hierarchies of this person's good at this and this person's good at this let's break those yeah it's becoming a circular mode and everyone is there and everyone has their i think sumerati says it everyone has their <laughs> unique gifts yeah yes and if we transmit that through honesty and truth then it has to affect everything mm. it has to yes yeah and that way a kind of uh magic happens and and sometimes we're not aware of the effects we have so for instance mm -hmm. i started my podcast after i watched you do your one mm -hmm. and i was really inspired by uh what you had done and I think we came to it through the same idea of, I would like to speak with people who I'm interested in speaking to. Yeah. And when I saw you did it, I would do it. I was like, yeah, you know, I was, I'm inspired. Mm. And it's very interesting that you mentioned your dad had a stammer. Mm -hmm. You, we talked about you and your voice, and I had a stammer. It's very interesting that we've all, I became a teacher, your dad was a teacher, and you're doing film work. So yeah. we're, in the, we're in the areas where we have to use our voice. Yeah, yeah. And there was a teacher <laughs> called uh, Neil Donald Walsh, and he says, what we see as our faults are our qualities sometimes just turned up or too low. Mm. So our gifts are in the think, very thing that we think are our faults. Can you repeat that last part? Yeah. Our gifts are in the very thing that we think are our faults. Ooh. So for me, the stammer 
which I thought was a fault may actually have been, in fact, I think of it now as being a great gift that I was given. Mm. An extraordinary gift that I was given. Yeah. Yeah, like it, that's a beautiful point because it seems like all of these seemingly inconveniences that come up in life, like um, <laughs> like I told you, my, my boss texts me, there was a little bit of confusion with, um, you know, some um, uh, miscommunication, basically, um, and there's no fault, and I, I know he's very understanding, but, uh, but right away, um, I go to the fear state, the safety, oh, no, it pulled down to that. And, and I, and like, there's this looking at it as an inconvenience. Uh, when it's shifted now that you brought that up, you know, you're bringing up the, um, the stuttering as a gift. Now it brings up like everything in everything is, is consciousness. You know, this is all love. This is all. So you know, it's, it's, it, it just reminds you, okay, so this is this thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, go off to something else just briefly. Um, and I'm trying to keep on track here. But I was sitting out in nature one day and just watching the harmony in nature and, and a bird came like right on time, and just spoke to me, you know, just the bird just making noise. And, and there was just this noticing of how beautiful um mm, everything is in nature the harmony the love and why is this text any different so it's just this calling this oh here i am it's the brain that says that makes that that judges and makes something of it you know but it's it's just saying hello consciousness saying hello and oh, okay, maybe it's pointing to this part that wants to stay safe. Okay, so that's still there. And then I can, oh, okay, yeah, you're still there. I can be with that. Mm. You know, just be with that. Okay, it's still there. And then still choose this, this love. And, and so part of my expression in this moment is just sharing that. You know, I need to bring that up front to the conversation because it's offering myself, offering a, a layer of myself, you know, and there's a lot of layers and there's still some nervousness and there's still this stuff going, going on. And just to take a little bit of a detour, I just want to say, because it's the coffee diaries, I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee. yeah. I got the heart on there. Oh, I just noticed. It looks like they kind of stole Basquiat a little bit. With the crown, I don't know. That's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this coffee, I just want to say a few words about this. Uh, yeah, because it's it's made. It's called um, Cafe Tuba, and you can get it at Jeff Gel uh, if you Google Jeff Gel. And it's made by my friend uh, Biran Sek. Oh wow! That now that I brought the package there, it changed the color temperature. 
of the uh, of my image here. You know, it'll go back. Yeah. So it's, it's a camera. Okay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so um, that's what I'm drinking, and and I'm mentioning that it's not like I'm not getting any money from it or anything like that. Um, I just mention it because it's a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine that I love a lot, and you know I'm close to him and his family. And he lives in Brooklyn. He's from Senegal, and he makes this coffee. And um, yeah, you know, he started his own uh, business, a Senegalese um, man. Uh, you know, um, he's Sufi, and um, you know, he's supporting his 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 family, and he's running this business, and he makes the coffee in his backyard, and um, it's delicious. It has healing properties, um, certain herbs and stuff in the coffee. And um, he gives part of the proceeds. He donates to um, uh, farmers in Senegal and orphans. And, you know, it's, uh, if you want to try it, it's delicious. And please support him. I'll post the, uh, his website. So just wanted to take, I try to promote him whenever I can, um, you know, because I, I believe in his company. So, and, and he is expressing his voice he's finding his voice and that brings up something um one of the things about uh, being around sufis uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah la ilaha illa la 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 La hilaha illa la la hilaha illa la la hilaha illa la. Oh, I love that. Um, that is for you know, um, God is all, God is one. Um, so I go to zikr circles, I've been to a few, not many. I don't know much about Sufism, um, but I love it. I, um, especially, um, my friend Biran, who makes the coffee, uh, he's a bifal. It's a, cer um, a certain part of uh, Sufism. Um, and music is very important, chanting and find, finding your voice. And when they, when they do zikr, when we're sitting in zikr, and when they're all a bunch of Senegalese uh, men and women, when they're chanting, you feel it throughout your body. And they don't do it quietly. They yell, they have their finger on their ear and they're yelling it. And you feel it in your heart and you feel it in your soul. And so that is a, I wanna bring this up because when I think of music, when I think of singing, you always come to mind and you're always posting music on Facebook and I appreciate it. You, you're always sending me music. And it's like my, um, I have like an ongoing music thing at my home now. And it's usually tracks that you've sent me and which, you know, I, I find another artist based on that. And I just, you know, it's the one, let's uh, riff off of that. <laughs> Do you know, it's one of the great joys to share shoes that may be, other people don't know mm. and just to feel it and maybe you sing along and some words you don't even know you know I was reading that um, the singer Seal 
he doesn't on his album he he never put on the the lyrics of his album because ah. he said the lyrics were important if you just make your words up <laughs> and he said make your words up because you know what was it uh, a kiss from a rose on the grave i never knew the next words La, 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 la. I used to make him up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so I used to make him up. And then it was only years later I realised, oh, that's what he's saying. For years mm. I was singing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> and Seal says, that's great. You don't, I don't need to put the lyrics on there. You sing what you feel like singing. Mm. And so many of us, we will sing in the shower or sing on your own. But, you know, I think... Just allow yourself to to sing. Yeah. Allow yourself to do these things. We get caught up so often in good voice and bad voice and because we see these shows or we compare ourselves to this person or that person, your voice, and this isn't, your voice is perfect because it comes through you. Mm. Your voice is, is an expression of who you are. Yeah, say that again. So sing. And I think I hid behind this for a while because um, I liked uh, I liked, um, writing songs. Mm-hmm. So I'd get the songs and I'd write them. But I had this thing in my head a day, and it was, um, I like writing, but I'm going to get someone else to sing them. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounded very noble. That sounded very creative. I'm just a songwriter. <laughs> I'll find a singer. <laughs> you know, I mean, some of it, the truth was a lot of truth. That Some of it was the truth, but mm-hmm. also there was a truth that I wasn't expressing. Yeah. I was worried about my voice. Mm. Worried about my voice. And that limited me. Then I came to this realization. I enjoy singing. Yeah. So stop hiding behind, oh, this songwriter who's going to give it to these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop hiding behind that. Yes, you know what? Let's be honest. Yeah. I like it, you know. And, you know, yeah, my voice, I'm not a reefer. Definitely not. You can, know, can you, sing, not a, can you Pro- sing us a few lines of Aretha? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, you know what? As we're here, um, I like I love that version of uh, Mother Mary by Aretha. I think it was written by John Lennon. Mm. Mother Mary comes to me, mm. speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be. Speaking words of wisdom, let, let it, be. it be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, you know, I sing it how it comes through here. And when mm. I kind of accepted that, I love doing it. Um, when I was in Bali, I was given these three challenges in a dream. And one of the challenges was to sing in front of people. Yeah. 
So I called my friend in Bali who owned a shop and I said, is it possible that I could, you know, do, I call it a gig. It sounds really good, yeah? <laughs> can, I do, can I do a gig? So, yeah, so and it was, uh, I was sweating. It was nerve wracking. So I'm sitting there in the chair. I've got the lyrics that I've written in front of me and there are six people in front. So I start playing. And I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Wow. And you know what I've realized as well is that when people come to hear you, they've come to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. They haven't come to, they haven't left their house to come out and be critical, most people anyway. Yeah. They come out because they want to enjoy what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you will do what you call mistakes. You will do, you may be off tune, you may forget a lyric every now and then. But I learned my guitar playing improved more in that hour and a half than it had for the previous two years I've been playing. Mm. Because I was in it, I was doing it, I was playing it, I was singing the songs. Yeah. And afterwards, the reception that I got was, you know what, oh, thanks. And I thank them for actually coming, coming here and, you know, this guy who don't, that I don't know, just to be in a room and to listen. And in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the three challenges and something fell away. And from that moment, I got the guitar, started writing songs, singing more and more. And I really enjoyed it, you know? Yeah without all this other stuff of good, bad, right and wrong, because they're so constricting yeah. in your body, in your throat. And all of these are kind of labels that have been created by other people. Mm. There's no real reality to them at all. Yet we live so much of our lives by what other people think. Mm. So the question is, but what do you think? Or what do I think? Yeah. What do I feel? What do you feel? Mm. How can we express that here and now? And that's it. And then we can take the teachings of a lot of these spiritual teachers. Let's take it off the book. Yeah. Let's take it out the satsang. Yeah. Let's take it out of the retreat or the yoga studio. <laughs> and let's apply it here and now. Yeah. So they all say to us, what's within me is within you. Mm-hmm. They spend a whole meditation for years doing it. What's within me is within you. What do you, so the question is then, what is coming through you? And Octavia Butler said this, I'm kind of, I think I've got the quote here, so let me get it exact. Um, and I think this is a really, she says, Octavia, sorry, this is not Octavia Butler, this is Audrey Lord. Mm-hmm. And she says, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the, in, the surface, in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. Oh. 
Can, can you read that one more time? I will. When I dared to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. Wow. Mm, I just have to let that one sink in. Uh-huh. And that's what it is. Choose, choose love at any cost, whatever the cost, you know, and I feel like that's so important to just, that's part of the, I don't know. Oh, man. Choose love, choose love, choose love. That's where I am right now. You know, that's that's what I've been experiencing. Exactly that, because that fear comes up. And I'm learning that that can be there. But I'm getting, uh, uh, I'm jumping on the train and and daring to do those things that the fear says something bad is going to happen. Well, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing? Death or, you know, okay, so that's okay. D uh, death, whatever that is, you know, who knows what that is? Um, I think, I was speaking for myself, spending a lifetime um, trying to be safe, and trying to wait till all the pieces are in place until everything is safe before I could venture out into the world. And as if something is missing and what you said, you know, what you began with um, before you read the quote was mm, all of the spiritual, well, I don't, I can't say all of them, but a lot of them, they say that what we're seeking is within ourselves. And you just said, well, okay, so it's within ourselves. We got that. Okay. If when you come to glimpse that or see that in whichever way, then I think there's a jumping point, like just bring it out bring it out into the world. Um, however, like I'm finding that, you know, I'm finding it now, it's coming. It's coming in this conversation. It's happening in real time. It's like, okay, hey, me and Ron, we're, we're dancing, we're creating this thing. Like, so it's like, yeah, the, the, like there's this linear way of wanting to kind of still be safe and figure things out, but it's, it's happening in real time. Like the beauty and what we can offer the world and what is here in this present moment is right here. Oh, and it's so beautiful because it's all love and it's, it has such, it includes everything. And yeah, and we can speak it, we can sing it, we can create, we can do this podcast, we can have conversations and we can grab a guitar and sing in in front of people we don't have to sing in key <laughs> we don't have to 
<laughs> we don't have to do that, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah it's really beautiful. Um, mm, just really enjoying this conversation and, and, and finding, finding the voice. And one of the things, you know, I just wanted to say is, I don't know, you know, maybe we're, we're already coming up on the hour. I don't even know if there's time for this part, but, but we, we, in our conversation before this had talked about the history of collect, uh, collectives of people, you know, groups of people who have both because I talk about how my voice was repressed. I repressed it in some way. I don't know how it happened and kind of how my family history that may have come out of my ancestry, you know, um, like we got to be quiet. We got to be, you know, this, uh, you know, uh, uh, my ancestry was connected to slavery, my Af African-American side, and we're all from Africa, you know in uh, some way or, or another. And then I have my West Indian side, which is uh, based from India. You know, we migrated to the West Indies. And, and I think part of my thing and also trauma that my parents went through, part of it, there was a reason to don't speak so loud. Don't, don't express. You may say the wrong thing. And if you did, the consequences could be dire, you know, and, and you don't have to be African-American or, you know, I know my European sisters and brothers have the same thing because you could have grown up in ways that, you know, have similar experiences or even during the tribal days. And, you know, and if a baby would cry, that would signal to another tribe, you know, that there they are. And um, you could get into a lot of uh danger so i think and i'm just saying that because and you had said this um not to for me is a reminder to not look at that subdued part or that voice that was made to in a way be very soft and kind of not come out like not look at it as the enemy you know not look at it as it's something wrong you know that there is also that it is also consciousness it's also there's also this beauty there and i think like right now it is just finding a way to transform and express in a different way and maybe collectively um, at least in certain parts of the world that is happening on this level as well and maybe certain parts of the world is still have to be subdued because there's a real danger, you know, in, in having a voice and speaking, you know, with authenticity, the way that we are in certain places. So I just want to bring up that point. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's important because we're able to raise issues that we feel are important, uh, whatever they may be. So you talked about a lot of the traumatic generational trauma. So there's a philosopher called um, Joy de Groy, and she talks about post-traumatic slave uh, disorder, mm. about how much we carry forward, which we call culture, but was just adapted behavior to slavery. Yes. 
and we yeah. carry so much of that in us. And I think it's about just recognizing it and seeing it and, you know, releasing it. And also as well, when we speak up for another, then I think that opportunity allows us to then speak up for ourselves as well. Mm. If we speak up for other people, we that's a way of finding um, a voice as well. Yeah. If we see things that are not how, you know, are not serving humanity, which we want a world where it's based on justice for every single human being, and we see things that are not quite, if we speak up for that, it then speaking up for another then allows you to speak up. Yeah. We can go through it in a kind of secondary um, way. Mm. I think that is, you know, that is really important. Uh, and just speaking with you, I want to know, Ade, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you like? Because it's important. Yeah. You know? And, um, and also, I thought I'd bring this up as well. We both created uh, comedy characters. Yeah, 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 and and laugh that when you're able to laugh at yourself as well, you know, when you could, you know, yeah, yeah. when you come back and then you can laugh at yourself and have fun with it. I find that so liberating, mm. yeah. If you can laugh at yourself, and sometimes we're taking ourselves far too seriously, yeah. sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. we get on. Or an issue about something and we we you know we can become so constricted what about if we just let it be and let's go with the flow mm. and recognize that it's not by us a lot of times it's coming through us and through each person is a unique individual message yeah that means that this kind of magic and creativity in every single person every single moment mm. and from that something extraordinary can happen and i think you said it as tony bear <laughs> tony bear 100 tony bear 100 he gets to the 100 He's full of this character. He's full of Tony, Tony. So yeah. what does he do then? After he's fooled up with all these things and society's constructs and ideas about who he is, what did Tony Bear do? He fell off into the abyss, into the unknown. Yes. And let him feel fly off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Tony Bear did. <laughs> 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 oh yes yeah <laughs> and there's an extraordinary metaphor in that he was saying 100 percent. and you know what's very interesting Ade, what you said jim i asked i said to you how come he doesn't say 100 percent anymore and yeah. you said you kind of forgot because he said it in that first bit <laughs> he was full up with all these ideas and concepts and then when he fell off into the into the off the edge of the world, he let mm. all of that go. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of my kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm thinking way too much. <laughs> Wait, 
Yeah, to- Tony Bear. Yeah, I love that character. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I like the way that your, your, um, your perspective on it. Um, I, I, I don't really know what I was thinking when, when I did it. Um, actually, that's not true. I, I, I do kind of know. Um, the, I, my original, original intent was I was hearing people, and maybe this is still in alignment, but people were using the word 100% so often in, in, the, in the culture. It, it just became something. And I always th- thought they would say 100%. Like, how does anybody know anything 100%? Like someone would say something and then the response, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So then I, thought, <laughs> I thought, yeah, so I'm going to have this character who's always saying, you know, kind of to make fun of this thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, and he, he did fall off of the, uh, he fell off of the flat earth, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. And also, you created, I mean, so can you let me know now, you created all of these characters. Yeah. all had different voices. Mm-hmm. They all had different mannerisms. They all had different ways of presenting. Mm-hmm. From you, you created all of these different voices. Yeah. You created the show. So your voice is coming through all of these different facets. Yeah. And it's extraordinary that, you know, it took time to find your voice, but when playing a character, you're able to express all of these things. So what was happening there? Oh, man, I have no clue, but you, you, that's, that's correct. I mean, I think that was a, a part of the journey of finding my voice. Um, Mm. you know and and this 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 phrase finding one's one's voice it uh do do you hear my the kids yelling in the background they found their voice (laughs) yeah they have no problem you know i want to mute this side and tell them to to um lose their voice again and to quiet down but if you can't hear that's fine but they yeah the the young ones they find their voice like really fast and um you know they express it so me i'm I'm in a a, i'm still in the podcast and uh, can you quiet down and close the door please thank you yeah so yeah they they found their voice and uh and i think as uh, a parent um what i try to do which i'm not always successful at is not try to subdue it and say, no, it has to be this way. Or it has to be that way. And so growing up, you know, I was always, I was making characters when I was younger, you know, I put on these sort of um, things and uh, shows. And I, I used to use my sisters and, and, uh, and I would dress up, I would dress up. And, um, and so uh, at a certain point in my life, I thought, well, that's not, I, I don't know, that just shut off. I can't, I started be pretending to be, I took on the grown-up character. I'm a, I'm a responsible grown-up. 
And I took on the spiritual character. <laughs> I'm spiritual. <laughs> and I made that. He's in Blue News too. He's one of the characters. He's like, mm, you know, like, mm, like he's a, and then I, I took on all these different um, characters. And um, so like, it, it came quite naturally. It was like a, a time to play. And I first did it with my kids. And then I thought, yeah, it felt like, oh, I could, you know, um, express things like, um, I, I feel like I'm coming more of the, the, that, that fear is I'm um, coming more out of that fear and come and choosing this love. Like there's just like being here and feeling the love and feeling it. Yeah. And, and feeling my nervousness and feeling this voice and not being so, um, uh, like judgmental, as you said, like not, not saying, Oh, this Ade voice is bad or it should be this way or it should sound this way or like oh, man ron feels very it sounds very articulate and he has that that english accent it sounds like very 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 nice and like me I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah you know so um coming to um you know uh like the world doesn't need another ron like we have that, you know, we have a beautiful Ron with his authentic voice, you know, so the world needs, I think, um, at least I think, uh, you know, all these different authentic voices and express expressions. I like what you said that we can be the voice of those people that maybe are oppressed and they can't, they can't express that and just bringing this into um because it's all consciousness and being here in this moment in this way will change the energy feel you know it i i think it sounds nice it sounds fair i feel it i feel like it's changing it here my my hope is that it spreads that this joy and love <sighs> of creating of co-creating of sharing of uh, being Tony Bear, hundred percent, my Duke, or you know, or being Oscar Lafayette, <laughs> you know, like just being these different things and playing, and you know, because then I think um, we can, uh, and it's happening. So we are not can we are creating this world. You know, we're we're in it. We're in it now. We've we're created. We've gotten on this ship, as uh, my the uh, who's the jazz musician that you play often? Uh, the uh, Young Coltrane. No, no, no. Uh, Sun. Uh, who who is it? Uh, uh, Sun Ra. Yeah, Sun Ra. Sun Ra. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sun Ra. So we we're we're on the ship. You know, we yes. we're we're on it. We're here. Yeah. We're here. We're playing the music. You know, this is the music, you know, so we're here and we're, we're creating this. And, um, and so I, I feel like, yeah, yeah, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Yeah. Let's go fully intergalactic, fully cosmic. Yes. Abby, you know, sometimes it's now 2021. Yes. Uh-huh. When I was a kid, that sounded a million miles away. That sounded like space rockets and spaceships. And that sounded like all futuristic. 
Yeah. Let's, can we be this cosmic beings now? Mm. And rather than trapped into these tiny, you know, human forms of me and you and I'm this and I'm that. And let's not, maybe let's not talk about finding our voice. Mm-hmm. Let's be more like, because we don't need to find it, we have it. Yeah. Is it more like, let's just express it. Expressing, yeah. We don't need to find the child mind. We already have it. Let's mm. just let it out. So mm. it's already there. It's not, we don't have to find it. We don't have to search for it. We don't have to go to the next yoga retreat and hum. Yeah. Are you saying we, it's not lost? It's, it's there. It's there. Okay. Yeah. How can you, we lose what we are? Hmm. So, so is this is this an invitation for everyone? Are you inviting us to to be here now with with express this, be this? Um, what else is there? Why else are we here? Yeah, is there any other reason why we are incarnate on this planet at this time? Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. What other reason is there? We didn't come here to, I don't think, um, do the grocery shopping and taking out the rubbish, which is all stuff we have to do. Yeah. There was something bigger than that. Mm. And let's get the magic back in the 2021 and go into galactic and see that we are more than just these earthbound, nation-bound tiny things and that we are so much more than that so yes i guess it is an invitation to all who are watching yeah all who are not watching (sighs) anyone who this touches anyone who it shares let's send the invitation out to let's sing let's dance let's look at history again Let's be creative. Mm. Let's learn. Let's be passionate about things. Okay, but but let let me let me just let me be the the transport vehicle right now. Okay, all right. Let me just let me just trans. Okay, anyone who's watching, we're just gonna go go there now. Okay, so we're we're going in the spaceship now. Okay, okay. Put on your helmet. All right. Okay. Put okay. It on oxygen. Okay. Yeah, you got to make sure you have oxygen. You got to okay. be able, even though we're galactic, we have to be able to breathe, okay? I think, maybe we won't, just for in the beginning, okay? So we're gonna, I'm going to put on some, these are controls. All right, okay, here we go. Everyone in the spaceship, Ron, you do the countdown, okay? You do the countdown. Okay. All right, here we go. Five. Four, uh, three, uh, two, one. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, we're, we're landed. We're landed. We're landed. Okay, here we go. Okay, so now. Oh, now we're here. We're here. So, Ron, we're here. We've, 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 we've come. We've we are arrived. here. 
So we could get that part out of the way. Anyone who was searching, if you were searching before and you got on the ride, you're here. I like that. We're on the ride. We're on the roller coaster, you know? Yeah. And it is, I think it was Bill Hicks who said, the comedian Bill Hicks said, it's just a ride. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a ride. It's, it goes up and it goes down and round and round, but it's just a ride. It's just a ride. Yeah. It's just a ride. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. So that that sounds like, should, should we... Should we uh, should we end this ride? This uh, this just this virtual ride. The ride is going to continue, yeah. but but this portion of it. How, how should we wrap it up? I think there's one story I would like to say. Okay. Before we go, a couple of minutes. Good. So, I was teaching reception, and reception is four and five year olds, mm. and there was one girl in the class who would never speak to me. Not a word. When I would take the register, she would go. Yeah. yeah. And when I say her name, I'll say just her name's Sarah, just to, I want to say her real name. Her name's Sarah. And I'll say, hello, Sarah. And she will smile. And we'll be in the playground. And I might say, we have a tennis ball or a tennis bat. And she would, mm. not a word for the whole of reception. Year one, next year. Not a word to me. She's very pleasant. She's nice. And, you know, she wasn't the most talkative of people anyway, but with me, mm -hmm. not a single word. So that's the, the first year. Reception, no, no word to me. First, the, the year after that, not a single word to me. In second year now, so the third year I've known her, we've gone all the way through the year. She's not said a word, not hello, not goodbye, nothing. But she gets them well in the class. So one day we have a time in in the, um, in the class where we have a called show and tell. I don't even have that in New York when they come when they talk about what they've done over the weekend. Yeah. So I'm sitting at the front in the teacher's chair, of course, and there I say, "Okay, everyone, has anyone got anything to show and tell?" All the usual hands go up. Mister Brian, Mister Brian. Then from the back, I see this hand do this. And it's Sarah. Yeah. And I go, I go, everyone, hands down, hands down. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, what, what do you want to say? She stood up. She stood up and she said, Good morning, Mr. Brian. Hmm. Three years, and those words were one of the greatest moments as a teacher in a school. Yeah. It, she found a voice to speak to me, mm -hmm. and when she did that, that opened a lot of course in me. Mm. Because now, how can I limit myself through my ideas about my stammer or this and that? Yeah. I've just seen something that must have been so hard. Mm -hmm. It must have been, you know, really difficult for her to stand. Also, she stood up in front of everyone else is watching her. And no one's heard her speak to me ever. Yeah. They're all looking at her. Imagine what it took for her to say, 
Good, good morning. Mm. Wow. <sighs> she didn't find her voice. She let her voice out mm. when she was good and ready. Yeah. That's, that's the key point. Right on time. <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you oh how do you think we did <laughs> it was a, a day. it's a pleasure um to have to have the opportunity the coffee diaries oh yeah it's a pleasure so thank you very much thank you and of course we don't know where we we didn't know where we were going to go no and I think it's interesting. I've learned more about you. You learned more about me. Yeah. And to talk about these things. And maybe one person who's listening who might, you know, change something, might not, who knows? Yeah. But I guess if we're honest and authentic in ourselves, is that the world changing? It is. Mm. <clears throat> it is. And uh, another shameless coffee plug. <laughs> <laughs> Go get my friend Beat on Sex coffee, coffee, coffee tuba at Jeff Gel, um, because he makes good coffee and um, change the uh, color temperature again of my thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think I, I think this uh, this was a lot of fun, and I want to do it again. Yeah. So let's uh, uh, let's do it. I yeah. think there are brought up. We've got a lot of other topics to talk about, which we just touched on here. So let's have a chat and see what the what we're going to talk about next. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yes. So thank you, everyone. Let me just read a few uh, a few people. Uh, Lena. Oh, uh, my beautiful friend. Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, so Celia, hello, Cuz, Eleonora, hello, and uh, oh, Vinita, you you're watching, and Nathan, hello, everyone. So yeah, uh, those those are our fans. <laughs> so be, be, yeah, yeah. Be careful, you know, walking on the street. I hope you have a bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, all of those. And you know what might happen? People might come up to us and recite their poetry just for you know. Oh, and they do. Well, I've got a poem. Um, when I saw the tree, I. <laughs> When I saw the tree, I felt the flow in my heart. After watching Ron and Ade, it began to start. The first show of the Coffee Diaries enabled what through this body came to be. Very good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>